G'day and welcome back to Hoysler's Cab Confessions. I'm George Lee and right now I'm joined with grower and agronomist Alistair Ferrier. G'day Al. G'day, how you going George? Wait, I don't usually use the Alistair that often, they must feel weird coming he hearing that yeah, from the no, Is that very official? That's very, well, we are a very, very serious podcast. Nah, that's right. <laughs> so looking at where we are today, like we're currently on your farm. Yep. which is halfway between Sea Lake and Birchip. Yep, that's it. What's the family history here? Uh, so this property, so this is the original, uh, oh, this this block we're actually on is the original, uh, was the first block of any ferry owned in the district. So yeah. 1910, he was, so he was a share farmer, my great grandfather, and he, uh, yeah. this was the first title that he, yeah. he settled here on the homestead here. And um, yeah, it's obviously, families you know there's other families that have grown and, and expanded i mean i've been away been away in corporate roles uh, my father died when i was young and yeah the properties had been leased and uh just the last three to four years it was either now or never to really come back and have a go at it and uh yeah so we started with uh started just started on farming on this first thousand acres in 2019 and Took some more lease country back uh, the following year, and uh, yeah, started with no plant, and yeah, we've. Uh, which is always a challenge. When you... <laughs> it's a challenge, absolutely. <laughs> so it was basically contractors that that started off for me, uh, and yeah, slowly got uh, yeah started with a tractor, and then started to build up some plant, and slowly trying to uh, doing more and more myself, mm. to the point where now I'm almost self-sufficient, other than harvesting, really. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, I've still got harvesting contractors that, uh, yeah, that I work with that harvest, yep. but the rest of the operation I'm doing myself. Yeah, yep. so. Yep. And, and long term, sort of, it's where you want to get to. Sort yeah, of. I, look, it will be. Uh, I suppose it's just got to be economies of scale. Yeah. I've got to look at the, uh, my operation as um, uh, potentially have to, having to expand. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm basically doing it all by myself. So the beauty of, at harvest is just having not only they, they've got their own machinery, yep. but there's, you know, so they've got a chaser bin driver and, a, and you know, you've got staff there to, that I, I mean, obviously I, I don't have to source myself. Um, so at the moment it's, I, yeah, look, it's probably suiting my operation, but yeah, it, it certainly may change mm. in the future. Yep. Uh, and and not having to worry about that labour unit for you to find is probably a, a big oh, thing Oh, absolutely, too. absolutely. And, and have parts and, service and you know on, on that header side of things that that's always uh yeah always guys are you can put you under stress at times mm. when you have breakdowns and those sorts of <laughs> things but it's uh uh at the moment it really sort of yeah i at harvest i'm obviously still driving a truck but uh i'm organizing diesel yeah. and logistics yeah. and and uh yeah just keeping the wheels turning so you do, you, you're really doing the role that that uh, every farmer, or when you're it's, when you're the farm manager, or the it's your actual farm, you're seeing you're seeing spend hardly any time actually in the cab. Uh, everybody else is driving a gear, and you're running around burning the gopher. But that's what keeps the wheels turning. Keeps the wheels turning, yeah. and that's the main, main thing. Like it's yeah, shifting bins and yeah. making sure that we've got uh, yeah, moving to the next paddock and. And just, just yeah, just keeping the wheels keeping turning. Because yeah. there's always yeah, you're always on the phone or chasing after something. So yeah, it's a hectic time of yeah. year, but it's always always rewarding, especially uh, after the seasons. Last couple of seasons we've had. Yeah, it's so, not, yeah. you've you've probably picked the, a couple of good soil. That, well, really, the, you haven't really missed out. The, no, look, touch wood, touch wood, <laughs> touch wood. But yeah, look, uh, you know they're always around the corner. So yeah. um, 
but yeah, certainly last couple of seasons. Last year was challenging, almost on the on the, yeah, the moisture side of things. But we got there in the end, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing what just to the advances in technology and agronomics that what we are have been able to produce. Even in like you know a year like this where we had good subsoil moisture, but we had there were some periods during the year that we were uh, yeah that we were starting to we were we were running on empty mm. and but it's just amazing with the, the conservation in moisture the the agronomics uh, that we that we're using now and the technology that what we're able to produce off our country it's um, even in the last three or four years there's been advances and just some of that we've just harvested some thunder lentils and the breeders have just uh, yeah they're, they're doing a hell of a job with lentils I mean we uh, I can do you know remembering the the first couple of varieties you can only yeah. really grow them on your best rise out yeah. of the paddock and now we I've got a paddock with some some boron in it and uh you know we were pushing sort of 2.7 2.8 with these these new varieties yeah. so it's just amazing what they're yeah. what they're able to produce and also you know talking to some breeders wheat wheat breeders you know they've they've been working on wheat varieties for years yeah. whereas the lentil guys have only you know the, the real upside is in some of these lentil genetics that they can bring through and uh yeah, like we're sort of well, this this even just this new variety that for this country through here we've seen a yeah seen a 40 percent increase just straight off the bat just on yield. Um, I know there was we did get a late rainfall and I think we picked up some some of the well the highland variety that I had in that I think it it had being a shorter season it had really given up flowering and potting whereas the thunders were able to capitalise a bit on yep. that last rainfall yep. but. That's that yeah. one sort of early October, was that that? Yeah, that, that one, one we, October, yeah. yeah, we had yep. uh, 30 sort of, mil in the yeah. first week of October, mm, so yeah. yeah. But yep. uh, uh, yeah, it's this new Thunder variety looks really exciting. I know there's also a lightning variety for the more sandy country, yep. so, but yeah, the advancements in, it, and also improvement, in, sort of a lot of improvement in frost tolerance with it, uh, with this, with these new lines and some step up on disease, so. Well, well sp speaking of frost tolerance and looking at different varieties, we've, we've been, oh, one of the uh, chats that I've had, actually one in the, in the cab, is with Jared Kemp, and Kemp was saying that he, um, he skipped road, and he sowed uh, Commander on one, and I'm, I, can't, I think the only one had Maximus on the other. Oh, bar in Bali. In yeah. Bali. Yeah. And it's, it's, he's actually skipped road, so, which then sort of makes the, uh, the harvest a bit more interesting. Cause, oh, would be, yeah, because 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 he's, yeah. he's and he's noticed the difference in the the colour and the flowering and everything else. It's it's like you said there was like a eighty hectare trial. Well, you got a semi dwarf so, variety versus yeah, a, yeah, they're yeah, just so, completely different. So yeah, yeah so if, yeah. so yeah, yeah, that's uh, one to one for uh, to be interesting. Completely so, different plant yeah. types. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But yeah. yeah, just the just the fact you actually skip roll it. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. So yeah, that would have been interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, what we're really keen to talk about is actually looking at data, and, and you've, you wear two hats: one as one as a grower here on your farm, but also as a as a fee for service ag agronomist. And yep. from when you started, when, when did you start your career in agronomy? Uh, so yeah, started off uh, as a trainee with elders, and that was back in uh, it would have been two thousand and three. So yeah, just started off blending seed and fertilizer, yep. and it was actually down in the uh, southeast South Australia, Mount Gambier. Yep. Came across, started working in uh, working in sales agronomy roles. Worked through to uh, 
yeah, worked through to, uh, had a stint up north, actually worked on uh, up in the, uh, the Ord Pacific Seeds Farm in Kananara, so working on hybrid seed production up there. So that was really interesting, completely different world. Uh, you know, male, female crosses with uh, on in summer crops, so corn, sorghum, millet. Uh, yeah, so and all uh, soft and hazy irrigation and yeah, it was just completely different, you know, up in amongst mango trees and yeah. sandalwoods and you know, <laughs> a bit, pretty, a bit. pretty hostile environment, but yeah, had a lot of fun. Yeah, great, yeah. great times up there. Had sort of a couple of seasons there and then started, then worked through some corporate roles in seed and spent seven or eight years with New Farm and about three years with BASF. So uh, in sales sales roles, I did, did three years, spent three years down at Melbourne in a yeah. um, corporate middle management role in, in portfolio and... Yeah, and then it was a almost a time now or never to yeah. come back and have a have a go at the family farm yeah. because it was um, I suppose getting to a stage where if you don't do it now you never will. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I got to a point where I, the the uh, oh yeah, you're either a corporate guy or mm. and whilst I I enjoyed going out and seeing growers, but the, you know, the roles I was in just you know in the end was uh, it's, yeah you're spending a lot of time in offices, meeting rooms. Yeah, and you, yeah, it's. Yeah, it just wasn't for me, I suppose. Yep. I just really had to make that call and really glad that I have because it's, yep. yeah, look, I've, we've done some hard yards over the last three years, but it looks like we're starting to get there. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. So looking at your work history before coming back to the farm, where where does where did data sort of play a, a role in those early days to, to where is it now, Al? Yeah, look, absolutely. So... I mean, when we started off, obviously uh, uh, had a great, good relationship with yourself, but mm. having that grow farm field, uh, just getting the basics right, getting that in early, we were able to, yeah, basically, as we know, we, as I said to you, we started capturing data from contractors and they were every different colour, all different breeds mm. of screen screens, but had the fundamentals right on your property, have your grow farm field and just get that there's you know there's always a way to get that data transferred back into operation center found operation center as the as the uh, you know as the market leader for housing data being able to access it um in one one place and just just have the compatibility with all the uh all the different um all the different screens that are out there just to be able to get that back into one one uh central location where you can always access it whether it's on ipad phone your laptop at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so we started there, started co- collecting data. We've got our EM38 maps, uh, all that information's now now in. We've got linkages with Metos, PCT, the variable rate. That's all come on board since we've started. Uh, the simplicity to be able to generate a, a, uh, a prescription map from PCT and then send it straight mm-hmm. through your straight through to your screen in your tractor and with your coon spreader yeah. just be able to uh it's just seamless really yeah. so you, yeah. t- you touch on a great point there about simplicity and seamless seamlessness i, I really they're they're two things that i, I find are, are critical and really important because traditionally and i've said i've said it multiple times in different situations where you've you probably got those maybe not in that five percent that'll pour over data but it's it's when you actually look at the the ninety five percent out there 
that don't want to actually pour over data and spend a lot of time on computers. They, they want to do their best work out in the field to, to make it seamless, easy, simple. It just works. Absolutely. And look, a lot of times at the moment, you know, we, we spend time, I mean, I'm on the, doing on my own, I'm doing on my own tractor work. So I'm quite often looking at my iPad on the tractor, looking yep. at data and mm. while you've got time there, that's, yep. you know, well, if the phone's not ringing, you can mm. be, uh, you can be digesting. It, it, look, it's, it, as you say, seamless. It, it flows. It just, you know, I can go in six o'clock in the morning. I've got to go, right, I want to get some prescription maps done. I'll knock them out and in no time and then got them on my screen and I can be out there applying that within half an hour. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's like anything. It's just once you've done it, it seems a bit daunting for a start, but once you've done it, you go, gee, this is easy. And, yeah. and, and it's, you've got, it as, you've got your as applied maps that are just stored automatically mm. or in, uh, and that's no, no different to your spraying operation, you're spreading, harvesting, it's just the whole shooting match, it's yeah. all there. And it's all it's all held in one location. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I c- couldn't speak highly enough of the program, mm. so yeah. yeah. And in your, in, in your time, uh, say with elders and, and BASF and, those different roles, Where, where's that machine data generally sort of being uh, thought of, or is is it sort of a, it's, look, a, it's, 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 it's a pretty map, or well, it, look, or it, they, could, could, they, could 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 they see value in the data? I I think they I think they, I, I think I, they could. Like, but, like, I was going to say loaded question. <laughs> I think they could. They they can, but it it's it's actually people people will do what you pay them to do. So. I suppose you go back to put your sales agro hat on. He's probably he, you know, and that the other traditional agro that will just come out and do some wrecks, and you've got to go in and buy a chemical. He would. He, he was paid to go and sell chemicals. So, whilst some of the more progressive guys would have seen the value in it, ultimately, you know, if they're not if they're not remunerated or rewarded for that for taking that next step, it's probably something that would fall off. Mm. So. I think your approach into looking at uh, the working with the FIFA service guys and mm. also the guys that have an attachment to a farm, mm. they can really see the synergies. Yep. So, and uh, that, that's they're definitely one thing that that I've seen as well is there that that connection that to the agronomist that actually is a farmer. There's there's a lot more willingness to to be trying to push them push yourself a lot a lot mm. harder because not only you're trying to do it for your clients but you're trying to do it for yourself as well. No, so. look, and look, I'm not saying that you know all, oh. all sales agros. Yeah. Are, it's it's. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a disclaimer here. Yeah. We're not we're not we're not tarring all sales agros <laughs> with the with but that no, brush. I mean, look, ultimately, and that's no matter what industry you're working, people yeah. people uh, generally always gravitate to what they're remunerated for, mm. and that you, for 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 a valid reason. I mean, yeah. that's what. Yeah, but you can see that, but um, but yeah, look, I think those guys would certainly. Um, they yeah, absolutely. They'll be uh, the world's evolving, technology's moving along, and there's many ways you can use data. Mm. Uh, you know, there's some of the companies are uh, you know looking at disease modelling um, uh, and and trying to trying to use that technology to yeah to alert growers on you know when you're at high risk of a, mm. a disease infection and you know there's. Yeah. There, there, look, there's there's plenty of focus being put out by those companies, there's no doubt. But um, it's it's a moving space, and you've got to you've got to resource it well with people that have that are generally um, yeah invested in. I think because that's 
they're the, they're the ones that can really see the value in it. So, yeah. In regards to yield data, it always seems about low-hanging fruit, and it's just like, it, and in the past, you get people go, oh, it's a it's a pretty map, it's a piece of like pretty, it's a map on a piece of paper, or however they view that data. Looking at as applied data, that's becoming more, if if not more critical than than yield data, Al. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point, every agronomy update I ever I seem to go to, uh, you know, in the recent, well, recent recent history or recent past is there's a it's always there's more and more pressure coming on some of the the active ingredients that we use, and from our, our markets, they're wanting more transparency. They're wanting more uh, visibility on what what's being applied on all these on our, on our uh, grain that we're exporting. Recent examples like haloxifop in canola, uh, we've lost that in the, particularly the Europeans. Uh, that you know we've we've lost that as an active in our canola market. Chlorpyrifos is under pressure. These are and they're you know that it's a nasty organophosphate, but it's as a uh, as a pre treatment in canola for for our pets, some of our insect pests and Russian wheat aphid as a as a broad spray, broad broad acre spray, uh, you know, the cost effective options that growers have got. And if we lose start losing some of these actives, uh, it's it's just gonna make make production harder and harder. But probably the overriding thing here is that these markets are they it's critical that we're collecting our data and because they as we go forward they're gonna to want to see more and more uh, more and more of the uh, you know they're going to want to see what what we're applying on our paddocks, and if you've got machines, which most people have, and screens now that can actually record this data and capture it, and then we can flow it back into a central point-like operation centre. I think that's going to save a lot of headaches in the future. I mean, every grower signs a most growers that I know anyway sign an ISCC declaration prior to harvest, and some of the auditing in that is it actually looks scary. I mean, I, not that I've seen anyone get audited, but it's. Uh, it's yeah it, we got we don't it's if you stick his head in the sand and just don't mm. and, and let, uh, you'll get left behind and uh, i think it's it's going to become critical as we go forward that that growers are, are capturing this data for all those reasons so, yeah. yeah and those markets that that are there currently we don't we don't want to lose those markets and it just makes the it makes the whole job harder when we do when we do lose one, and then we've got to find another. And oh, absolutely! Like, I mean, I like suppose a mean, recent example on the barley into China, and now they're yeah. they're back in the market, but it's they're placing more demands on on yeah on on the grower on on the uh, on what we're applying to our crops, and having transparency over that. And look, it's yeah we've got we've got equipment now that can do all this for us. So it's really mm. it's really important that mm. people start embracing it. Yeah. And using programs like OpCenter to capture yeah. it. Well, I think it, I think about also some like some of your uh, paddocks here, and the while we've got a a project together that which we which we've called the the integration farm, and and very much to to demonstrate to growers have a look at this to, today. We can go home and implement it tomorrow. Uh, it's also a real working farm, so not everything is perfect, and not not every application is uh, spot on. And I think about 
was it sort of up in Pine, was it, or North, when you actually had that issue with, was it um, turbine that you didn't... Yeah, yeah, didn't, that's right. We had some fieldage blockage, yeah. field, field blockages and we had um, some weed escapes. And it mm. was just... I mean, I knew myself that mm. I, had, I had problems mm. with application there. And, uh, I was pretty quick to pick it mm. up, but it was all, all that data was captured mm. on, on uh, as applied in mm. Operations Centre through the rate controller mm. on the Hardy mm. unit, and it was... Uh, Particularly, so you put your agro hat on. You've got a client that, yeah, you're saying, "Hey, what's what's yeah. going on here?" Having just having access to that is mm. just quickly uh, eliminates what's, um, yeah, eliminates the well. You've got a clear understanding of what happened. Because mm. while you're a grower agronomist here, and and like you say, it's it's like okay, if if it's one of your clients that you have that it's not that you haven't actually farmed that land. Mm you start to go into diagnostic mode, what's happened here, and, and work your way back to, yeah. to to find that needle in the haystack to go, ah, oh, that's that point there that, yeah, that was the is, issue. Yep. Uh, if you can actually have that information and spatially work back from there, yeah. that, that makes your job as an agronomist a lot a lot easier to, to do. Yeah, absolutely. So there's another, another tool. I mean, we... Uh, there's all sorts of those investigations can be taken out by... Um, by just checking at some of the as-applied data. Yeah. You, can, you, you can look at a, you might be out in the paddock looking at a, a job that you're not quite happy with. You can go back in and see yeah, as-applied rates, what day it was, what, you know, they, they might have applied it at the wrong, mm. it might have been in the wrong Delta T yeah. timing. All those sort of things can be, you can start instead of, yeah, you've got a pretty good, uh, good idea about uh, what potentially went wrong. and. Yep. And what to do next time so. yeah I, th I think about like what you say about sort of delta t right wrong or or it was applied let's say out of spec uh i thought one one thing from a an early on in in my career i'll say that i was i was very much taught the the most expensive spray application you make is the one that doesn't, doesn't work, work. Yeah. that like that was just drummed into me just flat out so yeah uh, making sure that you are recording good, or you understand what those weather conditions are, 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 are that are happening outside of the cab. That's just as important as um, agitate or your yeah, agitation absolutely, and absolutely. Your and you, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When you've got the well, here we've got we've installed METOS stations mm. now, so we've got a, a linkage between mm. into operation centre with uh, with those weather stations, mm. so it's pretty clear to mm. to yeah to understand what your conditions are when you are spraying and look it's always hard to get it perfect and it's always hard we're always pushing the boundaries because we're always you know there's a lot of times that will be a weather event coming or this you mm. know but you just try to make the best decision yeah. at the time to to get you know to try and get the best result yeah. so uh, yeah. and looking at the the next season so looking uh what sort of things you're already looking for looking towards uh, how, yeah. Well, so how, how, how can you see yourself? Next, next year, uh, what I'd love to, oh, we haven't been out of this mm. year, but I'd love to be able to capture more protein data, yeah. um, particularly on wheat, just yep. to help optimise some of the nitrogen application, yep. particularly in wheat, yep. potentially canola. Uh, and yeah, I think as I've spoken to you about, about um, uh, yeah, about trying to capture, trying to get some understanding on what our paddocks are producing, mm. and um, uh, and trying to generate gross margin maps. Mm. So really, really yeah. coming back to that profit and loss. Profit and loss, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And 
I mean, I've obviously got it wrapped around in my head. Mm. I've had a, just yep. just pulled the lentils off and I've had a really good result yep. there. And it's uh, it'd really be interesting to stack that up versus say some canola. Yeah. Uh, and I oh know they all play their part in the mm. rotation, but it's um, it's just really good to understand. Mm. And it just gives you a good understanding about what you potentially, if you're looking to expand, mm. you've got an idea on, you can really sort of pinpoint about, uh, well, helps you pinpoint um, potentially what land's worth or what it is what to lease it, what, what yep. you know, potentially you can mm. you can push with with different yep. crops. And, and it, that just, just gives you, if you're doing that, I don't think there'd be a lot of other growers yep. that would be around. Mm. It might just give you a, give you an yep. edge. So. Yep. So, yeah. but, so being able to go right, so understanding what you Well, everyone's got what, a different yeah, cost structure. Yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. paying a contract that half yeah. my crop, so that'll yeah. be different to some guys yeah. who've got their own equipment. Yeah. But I, yeah. if I've got an understanding, this is my operation, and I sort of yeah. place that over over this block that potentially yeah. I might be able to buy a lease. Mm. I can and I, and take and even giving that information mm. to your to your bank, they really yeah. love that sort of yeah. stuff. So. And that's that's another great point that you do raise, Al, about sort of like your, your bank, your finance side of things. Uh, but the, the more information you can have and collated and, and that stronger business case, the the easier it is to, to secure finance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, rather, no, they, rather than sort yeah. of the, the back of an envelope. And, no, yeah. absolutely. No, because it's just, you know, they're, they're coming under the same. I mean, we had our opening here yeah. and we had the Westpac representatives yep. there and they were... It all just flows into them. They're, mm. they're getting more and more uh, focused on data. And so from a finance standpoint, yeah. I think if you, mm. it's just, just going to make things a lot easier. If you can roll out your financials and roll out, you know, profit and loss mm. or gross margin maps from your paddocks, yeah. they'll just, yeah, they'll love yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. To put you on the spot here, I'm going to ask for a, a, a bit of a, a farm stuff up or a bit of a confession. <laughs> right, so if, if there's one that you can think of off the top of your head, sort of. Oh, or, or, or is that or you can come back to me or? Uh, let's have a think. Gee, that would have, would have been here. Oh, there's been plenty, no <laughs> doubt. I'm not perfect, that's for sure. Um, you might have to come back no, I'll, to me. I'll, I'll come back yeah. to another episode. I'll make sure that we, uh, <laughs> that, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank you, Al Ferrier. No doubt. For, no uh, for joining us on this episode of Cab Confessions and having Absolute a bit of a chat with us.